Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Michelle Baker, who is a Chief Confidence Igniter, keynote speaker, transformational speaker, and she works with people to reimagine their capacity to deliver excellence and embrace high-performance habits. We certainly have a lot to talk about today, Michelle, so let's dive right into this and welcome. Well, so glad to be here, Summer. Really excited to have this conversation so we can ignite some amazing in the folks that are listening today. Yeah, I love it. I love your title. I love what you're doing. But before we get into your professional journey, can you describe your life in one word to this point? Yes. uh, The word I would come up with is I'm possible. So it looks like that word that's impossible. But when you add that apostrophe, After the I and capitalize the P, it becomes I'm possible, which is I am possible. And I am are the two great, the two most powerful words that a human being could speak. Oh, I love it. Okay. So you actually beat me to the punch because that's one of my questions. So, (laughs) but we'll still get there. We'll still get there because it's something I read on your website and I loved it. It stood out to me. It spoke to me and I thought this is powerful. So before we get into that, let's get into the next question. Let's talk a bit about your professional evolution, your background in sales, how people can become more confident when it comes to selling a product or service, how they can move away from the transactional framework to experiential. I love that on your website, in your bio. So tell us more. Tell us how you've done that yourself and how you help people do that. Oh, wow. So it's interesting. I went to college. uh, My undergraduate is in finance. I literally studied to keep a job because you always need number crunchers. At my first job out of college was I was in a finance and accounting developmental program and whatever job I do, I do well. And I was doing well and I was absolutely miserable. And I remember that we had a team building and the person who they hired to do the team building was someone like, you know, who had been brought in right? So they were a vendor who had been brought in. So I was so enchanted with this person that I decided to stay behind and hang out with her at lunch instead of my team. (laughs) Awesome. I She said, oh, so are you on vacation next week? And I was just like, no, why would you ask me if I was on vacation next week? She said, because I figured you're in the marketing department because I'll be doing this with in the marketing department. That's why you were here with the accounting team. I was like, no, I'm in accounting. The woman looked appalled. She was like, she like, she clutched her pearls. She was just like, oh my God, no, honey, no, please take my card. No, please. I will give you a free, which I know is now like the discovery session, but I'll give you a free session. And we ended up talking. I did, uh, you know, Briggs Meyer dating myself because no one does that anymore. They do disc and other stuff, um, strength finders, but we did that. And I really came to, three professions, which were to be a manager, to be a manager, to be a lawyer, or to be a sales. 
So I went into sales. I went into sales. I was in Oakland, California, working at the Clorox company. And I relocated to New York because that's the place where I wanted to go after I had graduated from Howard University anyway. So I said, if I'm going to change careers, I'm going to go all in. And that's, again, I'm possible, right? And, you right. Know, and I did it. And I tell people, I sucked at sales. When I first started selling, I was horrible. And I was blessed to have a manager because I got switched from a manager who was going through a divorce and brought everything to work and was lighting us up and just treating us awful to one who was relocating because she was uh, gotten engaged and she relocated and she was just a breath of fresh air. She was just like morning dew on daisies on a bright sunny day kind of person, right? And she really yeah. just allowed me to fail. She really allowed me not to, 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 not to be in the morality of failure, but to be in the performance of, okay, you can go look for the job, you know, go back to finance as long as you do this many calls a day. And in that, I released the need to sell and just started having calls with people and being my normal jovial self. And I closed the deal and at the time, my base pay was 18000 And I remember the sale was 11000 mm. And I, at that moment, I became a seller. I was like, oh, dear God, wait, what? Like, I can, wait, what? <laughs> right? And what I've always remembered, whenever I'm struggling with closing or having a dip in income, it's because I've started to look at the numbers. I've started to look at the expenses. I've started to look at my bank account going down and I'm in the feelings of scarcity and not in the abundance of my gifting. Yes. Yes. I, and I love that tip because I think it's very natural. It's very human to look at those numbers. Yes. It's very natural and organic to be like, oh no, look at that checkbook. The numbers are going down. What's what am I going to Oh my gosh. And then we get into this cycle, right? It starts snowballing on us. And we're like so caught up in it, in the scarcity that we don't remove ourselves. And when we don't remove ourselves from that scarcity, it's just the snowball gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You've lost your focus. You've lost your momentum. You've lost your mojo, essentially. Then what? Then what? Where's the point where one, either people recognize that and go, okay, stop. Or they get some clarity from somebody saying, okay, how can I regain momentum? Where do I let go? And so let me ask you, Michelle, where was that point where you were like, you had mentioned it, I need to let go. When people are there, what do you tell them? How do you help them move through that? So it's happened. It's happened more than one time. Getting to the point of letting go, it's necessary. So one, if you're listening to this and you're experiencing that juncture because right now we have auto drafts. So it's not even like you got to go write checks. Your bank account is literally going down, down, down because of all the auto drafts that are happening. And every morning you're not like maybe having people in the pipeline or you don't have a proposal out or you don't have any deals coming through that are imminent and you're panicking. And that's what happens to small business owners. One, it's really getting back to your why and fostering the why you started. Why, what is the value? Why does someone, what is the benefit of working with you? Not what you get, but what they get. What you're giving to them that is going to change their life. When you can stay in that, you will have little lows, but the lows will get higher, if this makes sense. 
It right? does. Highs are going to get higher, so the lows are going to get higher. So you're never going to hit that rock bottom. So if you, you know, if you've gotten to the point where you've got less than a hundred, if you stay in your gifting, if you stay in your decisions that are about your value, that is unique to you. Yes, you could even own a franchise, but still, what you bring is you. No one can do you. No one can be you. No one can have that unique thing that you have that's valuable to those people. And when you're consistent in generating that value, not sometimes, not every other time, but every single time your income and what you're doing will go up. And so the lows will get higher, if that makes sense. It does make sense. As somebody who comes from like a humanistic, human services, psychology background, a lot of times people can't see beyond that, that point of discouragement. And that's a very Adlerian perspective because Alfred Adler, he deviated from Freud because he said, not everything is psychosexual, but what is happening to people is they reach a point of discouragement. How can they go beyond that point of discouragement? How can we get them beyond that point? And there's multiple factors. So he became a very holistic, humanistic practitioner and said there's multiple factors there's social factors there's this factors there's that factor and these factors impact us so we look at multiple factors so what are the factors that you look at when you start working with a client and say okay what's your point of discouragement how do you want to get out of this what are the things that are allowing you to do a b or c what's the first step that you would help people with People are calling me because they've either been referred to me or they've heard me speak. So I'm a speaker first and foremost, and I'm a transformational speaker. It's a journey where you literally walk out with an entire new way of taking action because of what I've given you throughout the talk. I always start with, what was it you heard? Because everyone heard something different. So what did you hear for yourself that was possible, that you're currently feeling is impossible? So my word, right? I only work with clients who want to create the impossible because otherwise it's cookie cutter and I like, it doesn't ignite me. And when it feels impossible, that's how I help them harness their unlimited, right? Their limitless ability to create in the midst of any circumstance. So we have to, we, we work together so that I can show them how to take that on for themselves. Gotcha. Um, so that so that's the first thing, and then we do, we create a clear, compelling vision of what their future looks like, and then we work on them becoming it. And so that's the work we do, and that's why I do that with individuals, teams, and organizations. So when they hear me speak, it's what I call the warm up. So it's like you get a sample of the possibility when yeah. you hear I ignite possibility when I speak. And then when you actually do the coaching work with me, that's when we actually create the outcome. That's when you actually create your unstoppable confidence. Well, I can appreciate that, which it goes into my next question, flows into that very nicely. You're also a keynote speaker and you focus on confidence, how to dream, working through imposter syndrome and more and bridging that gap between discouragement and confidence. You know, you've given us a soundbite of how you do this, but tell me more about one of your most impactful speaking engagements. It's so weird that you asked that question because almost every time I speak, it's better than the last, right? I always tell people, you're not getting better than anyone than yourself. So the most recent one I had, I had a standing ovation. That was impactful because I went and the talk was on Friday morning at 8.30 a.m., 
So they invited me to uh, go to their event they had Thursday night. And so I went to the event. I met all these women. I was talking to them, hearing from them. And then um, when I got back to my hotel room, I had a king size bed. It was just like that bed was oh my, so excited to get in that um, dream bed. But anyway, I was literally compelled or not compelled. I was instructed because I connect with my higher power. I tell people, you call them God, universe, divine, Buddha, Allah, the source, the genie, whatever you want to call it, right? Universe, I call mine God, but I clearly heard to redo my talk. And so I redid my talk. I, I don't remember the last time I've redone a talk. I've not, like my talks are, they're specifically for that audience. And to redo a talk, a keynote, it's just unheard of for me. So yeah, about one o'clock in the morning, I'm exhausted and I'm just frustrated. And in that moment, I was just like, oh my God, I can't. And I remember thinking, okay, this is good enough. And then I got, oh, and I'm like, I don't do good enough. I do great. So I knew I couldn't go to sleep. So I, and I remember just being so exhausted and just sitting there and going, God, what do you want? What do you want me to say? And I just sat quiet and all of a sudden I knew what to do. I redid the talk and it was 3.30. I took a shower and then I set my alarm for 6.30. So I could get up and, you know, be there by eight o'clock so I could set up and everything, be there early. And so there you basically offer no sleep. I looked at the slide deck a couple of times. I went through it before I went, you know, my key. Then I got up and I went through it and then I got dressed and I went through it again. So I only had like about a half a dozen times to go through the slide deck that I was going to be giving to this room full of, you know, uh, women and business millionaires. There's less than 1.7% of the roughly 33,100,000 businesses in the United States are women millionaires. That's pretty impressive. In right? that, so, that you're speaking to a room of these women. Yes. And you redid your keynote. You know, you're redoing things for yourself and listening to that inner voice, that intuition, that higher power. And you're able to give that talk and people at the end have given you now a standing ovation. So let me ask you, is this something that you're gonna go forward with, with this specific area, this granular area that you're speaking on? You're gonna keep this keynote? Or are you gonna go back to what you do? Yeah, I will definitely keep that keynote. <laughs> I will definitely keep that keynote. Yeah, that's the winner, winner, chicken dinner. Right? <laughs> awesome. So as you said, and I love this evolution because this really proves too that we're always growing and to yeah. listen to that inner voice. It's okay to redefine and review and reassess what you're doing. It's yeah. okay to do that. And it's yeah. okay to shift. It is absolutely okay. And a lot of times we don't give ourselves permission to do that. We're like, oh, but this is kind of working. This is a safety spot. But sometimes yeah. we got to step out of that safety zone and say, we're going to yes. have that courage, right? And that's yes. what that confidence is. That's what you speak to. That's what you're talking about and bridging that gap and listening to that inner voice or how our higher power. So I love that experience. I'm glad that I asked that question because seriously, that was awesome. Yes. And just to dovetail and tie a bow on that, that's the work that I do with people. So when, when I'm working with leaders and executives and a lot of the, I call them women world changers, like the women who are attracted to me have a calling on them that's so great and resounding, and they generally have not dealt with it or they're dealing with it and they're struggling with it. So to get it clear, like become like a laser target, they've got a lot of noise, a lot of background, a lot of stories and reasons and 
all kinds of things that have gotten in the way of them moving seamlessly directly to that target. That's the work I do is creating a clearing so that they become unstoppable in the face of what they know, the vision that they've been holding on to or suppressing. And that's the thing is that I didn't call one person, right? I didn't reach out to anybody. And that's what generally happens. We people are constantly looking to validate outside of themselves instead of trust themselves. And even if I ever call someone, it's not to validate. It's someone who is parroting back to me in a manner so that I am moving forward in the clarity of what I've heard. And that's what most people don't get. They get a lot of people say, you know what, you ought to do what you need to do, what you should do. And I tell people, remove those people from your life. And if that's something that you can't remove, then you don't want what you say you want. Because in order to have what you truly want, you've got to know you. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not what you want. It's what you think or thought or heard or saw that you want. You know, and at the very least, set up some boundaries. Set some boundaries, set some limitations with those people, you know, and put the brakes on. So you have the courage, you have the courage to go and move forward and step into your confidence. And I think that's something that really speaks to me when I look at, you know, what you're doing, being that, that confidence builder, that somebody who helps others transform themselves and what I like to call brain maps. So if we continue to use the same words and phrases, guess what? We're creating maps in our brain. We're going back to those same words and phrases. So we change our words and phrases. We change our habits. We change what we do to reconstruct the vision that we have for ourselves. So it takes some work. But like you said, it goes back to that passion. Let me get into my next question. You touched on it earlier. And I love something you wrote on your website, which is you want people to enjoy their work and their business and you help them, quote, bridge the gap and experience your I'm possible big dreams. Tell us more about how you help people achieve this. We've talked about this, but I love that on your, it just stood out to me. It's strong. It's powerful. It's part of my uh, storytelling. So what people generally experience, as I said, they've they've either um, been referred to me because of they're getting stuck somewhere and the person heard me or knows me and they're like, oh my God, you got to connect with Michelle or they heard me from a stage, right? Or sometimes, you know, like I just did a presentation recently for NASDAQ, right? And I got women jumped on my calendar after that and they're stuck. So what they're hearing is that they have been getting in their own way. And generally what we do is we go through getting clear on what what you mentioned it in the languaging of what they want versus what they don't want. So we have to create a clearing. And that's the work we do first and foremost is create something that's clear and compelling. And then we work from there. And the work is about actually understanding how to become the vision. I can get into the details in a step-by-step, but there's so many other you know intricacies in there. But what I tell people literally is that you become so in love with the vision that you create that everything outside of you loses its power. The reason that we are called to have these big dreams is not so you can have a bunch of stuff. It actually becomes a force field. Like I live in a bubble of awesome. I tell people all the time, I live in like, my whole standard is awesome. I generate myself every morning. My morning routine is non-negotiable and you know, there's books on it. Uh, What is it called? A miracle morning. 
all of there's different strategies that you can look up. But if you do not generate who you plan to be every morning, then you are left to the whims of the world outside of you and everybody else, right? So if you're getting up looking at social media, you feel insecure. If you look at your bank account, you're going to feel lack and scarcity. If you look in your calendar, you're going to feel lack of time. All of these things that we actually are conditioned to do that create in us no sense of self. So creating who you're going to be and then learning to master being it is the work I do. And I do it with teams. So even though I'm working with a team of people, the power of a team is that I teach them to now not just become high performers on that team, but how to support each other and communicate confidently with other human beings so you can support each other's endeavors and successes as well as they're able to take that and they actually take it home. I tell people, if you have a job and you can't stand it, if you have a business and you can't stand talking to potential clients, you've just created a miserable life. That is the background of what you are hearing all day long. If you have a job and you can't stand your job, you are getting up as soon as your eyes crack open, you're miserable because you're thinking about that job. You're in the shower, you're drinking coffee, you're driving a walk, you're walking down to your laptop, whatever it is. And then who you are at the end of the day is so drained that the people that you're doing this job that you claim to love, they don't get a loving person because you have nothing left. You have nothing left to give those people. So you do a disservice to yourself not to create a life you love and to face down the demons of insecurity and uncomfort. So I call it insecurity, uncomfort, and uncertainty. There is nothing certain except change. And your ability to deal with things that you didn't plan for or you didn't think are unfair, all of that, that's the magic. But most humans, like myself, we're not raised in environments where people teach us how to deal with anything. Well, you know, that modeling has a lot to do with our thoughts, our habits, what we see, how we interpret the world. But what you're saying and what I love that you're saying is, guess what? You get to interpret the world however you want and you get to wake up, you get to dream, you get to have a vision, you get to have a purpose that you choose, that you, do. you can create. Yeah. It's true. So I basically show people that, yes, your life may be a dumpster fire and you created it. Until you become 100% accountable to the fact that you created the dumpster fire, you cannot create anything amazing. Because your power is in the acknowledgement of your power. Wow. Well, this was an awesome, awesome opportunity to connect with you. So we've covered so much stuff here, Michelle. As we come to the close of this interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with one tip to support their journey, and you've left many nuggets, many pearls today, but let's leave them with one more. What would it be? To invest in yourself. There's not a human adult on this planet who has decided to create an amazing life that did not go get support. You cannot do it on your own. It takes a village to raise an adult, period. Wherever you are, if you're hearing this and you have a dream or you have something you want to change about your life and you don't know where to start, go find someone who has successfully done what you're doing and helps you create a clear vision of what success looks like. You've got to start with a target. 
So get that target lined up and then you go get and invest in the support to help you. What successful and wealthy people do better than anyone else on the planet is they invest in people to help them become a habit of doing the things they don't like to do that give them the results they want. Thank you, Michelle, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. You're welcome. You can follow Michelle Baker at Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and at michellerbaker.com. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great. Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.